0: Is it personality, character, behavior? What is it that determines how valuable each of us is? Welcome to this week's episode of the Bites of Judaism podcast, helping you unlock your best life, know your why, and be everything you were born to be. To subscribe to the podcast, go to rabbiglick.link slash podcast. This podcast has been made possible by Mr. and Mrs. Dovidin Malki Smetana. This special Shavuos episode is dedicated in the merit of the safety of our people in the land of Israel. To dedicate a future episode of the podcast, be in touch at podcast at rabbiglick.com. So what is the main thing that decides how valuable each of us is? Now, generally as a rule, value is subjective, right? How valuable any given thing is, in a product, a service, a person, an object, whatever, how valuable something is, is gonna vary from person to person and different things hold different values to different people, right? When it comes to the market value of a product or a service that's that's sold on the market, different products are gonna be worth different amount of different amounts of money to different consumers, right? Some people at any given price, there'll be some people who think that it's worth that price and some people who don't. And the higher the price, the fewer the people to whom the product or service is worth that price and the fewer the customers there'll be, the lower the price, the more people will will find it you know, worthwhile. And that's gonna depend on how valuable the product or service is to any given person and how valuable money is to any given person, right? And for any given person, the balance between how much they value a given product or a service and how much they value money is gonna determine how much they're prepared to pay for it. So every object, every service, every event, every person, everything is going to have different value for different people because value is subjective, right? And how worthwhile something, any given thing is to us, depends in large part on our value system, right? On the system based on which we value things. So, say for example, someone for whom money is very, very valuable, right? Someone who values money very highly. For that person in their value system, it's worth spending long hours at work and working very hard because the value of the money they earn by doing so is worth that amount of time. And you know, that, that level of effort that they put into their work if for someone else, maybe they don't value money quite as highly and they value their family very highly, they might say, they might choose to work less hours even though they'll have less money because they'd rather spend time with their family because family's more valuable to them than having more money. Now, obviously this is, you know, an oversimplification and some people have to work long hard hours just to get by, etc. But, you know, to keeping things relatively simple, the more someone values money, the more interested they're gonna be in spending more time and more effort working to make money. The less valuable money is to someone, the less they're gonna feel the need to, you know, to, to spend their time and effort to make more money. And the same is true of anything. The more someone values their their time they spend with their family, the the more pressure they'll be prepared to deal with in order to spend that time. And the more they'll be prepared to forego you know, some potential income in order to spend that time with their family, etc. So, you know, anything that, how valuable any given thing is gonna be is gonna depend on on who's evaluating it, right? And what their value system is. So if we ever wanna get, answer this question about anything, right? How valuable is something? Again, whether it's an object, a product, a service, whatever it is, if you wanna, you know, ask someone, let's say, how valuable something is and get them to evaluate it and give you an estimate let's say of how valuable it is first of all you want to be asking someone who has a value system that you find valid right you're not going to ask someone who has a completely different value system to yourself about how valuable something is valuable something is because they perceive value differently and at a minimum you need to ask someone who has a you know a value system that is similar at least to yours and ideally, you know, it's nice to ask someone whose judgment you respect, right? So if you can find someone who has similar values to yourself and someone whose judgment you respect, that might be a good person to ask, you know, about how valuable something is, any given thing in life. Now, you know, if, if you want to figure out how valuable something is, you want to ask someone how valuable something is. You need to find someone, again, whose value system is similar enough to yours and who you respect. But also someone who, you know, is qualified to have a valid estimate in the context of whatever field it is or whatever the thing is that you want their suggestion or input on, right? If you want advice or clarity in life, for example, you want someone who has a track record of wisdom and giving sage life advice because that means that they're a person that it's worthwhile getting their opinion from, in ter- getting an opinion from in terms of life advice. You wanna know how something works physically? It'd be a good idea to ask a scientist, an engineer, a biologist, you know, depending on what the kind of thing is, someone who is informed and someone who's qualified and reliable to have a valid opinion about the value of, of these things. You know, you wanna m- know the market value of a product or of a service. You want to ask someone who's informed, you know, and involved in this market, someone who's involved in the business of the market that you're finding you want to, you know, you want to get an evaluation in. So, value is subjective. Value depends on the thing we're valuing, on the value system of the person who's evaluating it, etc. So, if we want to, you know, come back to this question, how valuable is any given one of us? How valuable am I? How valuable are you? How valuable is each of us? There, there are a lot of things that are going to influence how valuable a person is, right? And it's going to depend, again, on the context. If you want to know how valuable someone is as a prospective employee in in your business, you're going to want to know their talents, their gifts, their strengths, their weaknesses, etc. If you want to know how valuable someone is going to be, you know, as a student in your educational organization in your school or university college etc you're going to want to know how academically capable they are you're going to want to know how committed to study they are how interested they are you know how resilient they are as a student etc so there are a lot of factors that are going to contribute to how valuable each of us is in all different contexts and it's going to depend on what the context is in what the thing is that we're be being evaluated for, for how valuable we are as a student, as a prospective employee, as a friend, et cetera, right? All these things for each different situation. Each of us is gonna have, you know, a different value based on our strengths, weaknesses, characteristics, etc. But if we want to really drill down to the question of what is the ultimate truest value of each of us? what determines our ultimate most objectively true or or just most true value and that's going to be our value in terms of purpose our value in terms of you know the meaning of life and the purpose of existence etc and the one entity right that we would be best off asking or seeking this evaluation from to find out how valuable each of us is is obviously going to be the creator, the creator of the universe, the creator of earth, the creator of life, the creator of humanity, and the creator of every single one of us. Now, we can't ask the creator in conversation verbally, obviously, how valuable each of us is. I mean, we could ask, but let's say we're unlikely to get a an audible answer. But what we can do, right? Actions speak louder than words. We can't ask for a verbal answer, but we can we can look to the creator's behavior and we can look to how the creator values each of us and what that valuation depends on. And when we see based on what it is that the creator evaluates each of us and for what the creator values each of us, that's gonna tell give us the answer to what is it that determines each of our values, what determines how valuable each of us is. So, know there's one behavior in particular that we can look to to you know to get an idea of this and this is something that you know we have an account of happening numerous times in the torah and that is when god counted us let's say in the desert right when the first the first several times it happened on the way out of egypt on the way to mount sinai to get the torah then later on a number of times throughout our journey in the desert right well why would why do you count something First of all, in order to be interested in counting something, it has to be valuable to you. You're only ever going to count something of value. If it has no value, you're not going to be interested in knowing how much or how many of it you have. there's, There's going to be no point in counting. It's not going to be worth your time and effort. So as soon as someone's counting something, we already know that it's valuable to them. And, you know, ultimately, the more valuable something is to us, it's likely, the more valuable something is, the more frequently, the more often, the more regularly we're likely to count it. You know, if something's really, really important and you always want to know exactly how much you have, you're going to count it very frequently. You know, if someone's working really hard to build up savings, they might check their savings account or their piggy bank or whatever it is very regularly because they're working hard and it's important and they always want to know how much how much of it there is. You know, so when when God repeatedly, when Hashem repeatedly counted us throughout our journey from Egypt to the land of Israel, that's already an indication of the fact that we're valuable. Um, and obviously substantially valuable to God, because God is counting us repeatedly. But the thing that's interesting about counting is, on one hand, when you count how many of something you have, how many dollars in your savings account, for example, that, you know, is an indication of the fact that the money in the savings account is valuable. So you want to know how much you have. But, you know, if someone has it, let's say, you know, if... A couple of little kids of of young children have stamp collections or coin collections or baseball card collections, right? And they ask each other how many cards they have, you know, how many cards do you have? I've got this many, how many cards do you have? Right? The cards are important and valuable to them, so they want to know how many they have. But if you're talking to a mature, sophisticated collector of stamps or baseball cards, you know, old-school valuable baseball cards, or valuable cards cars or watches you know anything like this where each car each watch each stamp each baseball card is unique some are, are more rare than others some are more aesthetically beautiful than others you know some are maybe each one is each instance each example has different characteristics that make it more or less valuable right so if you have a couple of mature, sophisticated collectors, people who really know about the thing that they're collecting, you know, and they're talking about their watch collection, their coin collection, their car collection, whatever it is. And one of them asks the other one, oh, how many do you have, right? That—that that, That's gonna be a very superficial question to be asking, right? The thing that they might be more likely to ask is, you know, what are, what are some of the highlights of your collection? What are some of the most valuable pieces in your collection? What are the most unique rare baseball cards or coins in your collection? What's the most beautiful or rare car in your collection or watch or whatever it is, right? Because each instance, every car in a collection, every watch in a collection, every stamp or baseball card in a collection has a different value. Some are more rare, some are more, you know, beautiful, some are more... mechanically advanced or sophisticated or whatever it is and all these factors are going to contribute to how valuable it is so the value of you know of a luxury car or watch collection or a baseball card collection or a stamp collection doesn't necessarily correlate at all with how many items there are in the collection Right, you could have someone who has 6 cars in a collection or I don't know if you'd call that a collection whatever it is, 10 20 luxury cars in a collection that's worth way more than someone else's collection with with 500 cars in it because of the 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 you know the specific cars that they have in the collection. The same with you know any of these sorts of things. If you have, you know, a handful of the rarest baseball cards in the world, that's going to be worth a lot more on the market of baseball card collectors than, you know, 500 basic, simple, you know, easily available, readily available cards. So, if you're counting how many of something you have, that immediately tells you, assuming that the person understands, you know, what they're counting and the value, that tells you immediately that every unit in this collection has the same value, right? When you want to know how big your savings account is, Or how well you're doing in saving money. The thing that counts is the number of dollars in the savings account. Because every dollar is worth the same value. Assuming it's the same currency. Right? A dollar is a dollar is a dollar. So it doesn't make a difference. And it makes a lot of sense to say how many dollars in your savings account. When it comes to, you know, things where every item has different value. It doesn't make sense to ask how many. I mean, you could ask that as well. How many do you have? But what's much more important and interesting and relevant is is what's you know which specimens do you have specifically you know what are some of the most valuable ones that you have you might be curious about how many as well but how many is far less relevant than which ones if each item has a different value so when you know on the way out of Egypt on the way to getting the Torah on Mount Sinai you know and and the subsequently several times throughout our journey when the creator Says that he wants us to be counted, he wants to, you know, to know to count how many of us there are. And each person receives the same one count in that counting. That tells us already, it doesn't tell us what the characteristic is, but it does tell us that every single one of us is equally valuable, right? God's counting how many of us there are as an expression of the fact that we are valuable, so we're being counted. And if in that estimation or, or you know, counting of how many of us there are because of that value, every single individual is counted equally one time, that means every single one of us is equally valuable. Every single one of us has the same value and is equally counted the same one time. One count per person because we're all of equal value. So... If we're all unique, right, we have different character, we have different strengths, different weaknesses, different talents, different personalities, and frankly, different behavioral histories, right? We have different histories in terms of the things we've done throughout our lives. Some of us have done lots of really good things. Some of us may have done, you know, some less good things. So what is, what is it? What is the you know, the, this, this common factor that makes that's that's valuable and that's so valuable that makes the creator want to count how many of us there are and it's exactly identical in terms of its value across each of us and this characteristic that makes us valuable makes every single one of us equally valuable right so if we want to know how valuable each of us truly is Right, and the best source to go to for that answer is the Creator. We already have the answer that each of us is equally valuable, but why? If each of us is unique and the fact is that yeah some of us are more talented and capable than others and some of us do use our talents and and abilities more than others and some of us do achieve more and some of us work harder and some of us are you know maybe nicer than others and some of us work harder than others so how does it make sense that every single one of us is equally valuable like it sounds nice right it sounds nice to say we're all equally valuable but but how does that work Because if we look at all the things that make us who we are, it doesn't look like that's the case. So how is it the case? What is it that, as far as God is concerned, is valuable and makes us valuable and makes each of us equally as valuable as each other? And the answer to that is, it's not our gifts or our talents. It's not even our behavior. It's not how we behave. It's not what we do. It's not how nice we are. It's who we are. It's who we are that makes us valuable to the creator. Now, we, we you know, we need to break that down a little also because who we are, well, what does that mean who we are? Each of us is diff- different, right? And who we are is to a degree made up of how capable we are, how gifted we are, how we behave, our disposition, our manners, our, you know, our personality, all of those things are part of what make us who we are. But ultimately, right, we just talked about, look at the words I just used, our personality, my personality, your personality, my characteristics, your talents, my weaknesses, your gifts, they're mine, they're yours, they're ours. They belong to me, they belong to you, they belong to us. They're not who we are. Who we are is the entity, the the thing, the person, whatever it is, that those talents and gifts and strengths and weaknesses and belong to and that those behaviors are attributed to. So who are we? And if we dig deep all the way down, you know, to, to the deepest layer of that, to the ultimate deepest answer to that question... Who we are is a a piece of divinity, a piece of God. Every single one of us is innately divine deep down inside. Every single one of us is the hand, the handiwork of the creator. Crafted by hand, by God, so to speak, if God had hands, right? And what we made out of is divinity deep down and then there are layers and layers and layers on top of that and then each one of us has different characteristics etc that are layered on top of that divinity but deep down inside who we all are is divinity so yes the specifics of of who we are as a person effectively are very very different right some of us are more effective than others some of us are more gifted more talented more capable less capable less gifted You know, better behaved, worse behaved, more nice, less nice. Harder working, you know, more resilient, less resilient. There's so much variation across people, right? There's seven and a half billion people-ish, whatever the number is now. Every single one is unique and different. But those things that make us unique and different are not what, they're not who we are. They're the characteristics with which we interact and present to the world. But they're not who we are. Who we are behind all those characteristics is an instance of divinity, a spark of God, a spark of the creator. And when we look at that, when we look at who we are, not what are our characteristics, what are the characteristics that are layered on top of who we are, but who we are, every single one of us is identical at that level. At the level of who we are. And every single one of us is going to be exactly equally valuable. Right? None of us has more or less of an intrinsic connection to divinity than the other. None of us has more or less right to participate in the world. To do our bit to uplift the world and to integrate divinity into the world and to express that inner divinity that we have through our actions and behavior into the world and to uplift it. We're all identically equal as far as all these things are concerned because we all have the same divinity inside of us. And that is the thing that ultimately makes us as valuable as we are because that's more valuable than any gift. It's more valuable than any talent. Divinity is more valuable than any behavior. So as gifted and as talented, et cetera, as a person is and as resilient and nice and everything else, the value of the divinity we have deep down inside that is who we are is invaluable relative to all of those things combined. It's far more valuable. And so when the creator is evaluating us, or when the creator is, you know, thinking or considering how valuable we are The answer is yeah, every single one of us is going to be identically valuable. No one is any more valuable. No one is any less valuable. So when we were counted, right? It's not like baseball cards or coins or watches or cars where you've got to count how many of each different variety you have because different varieties are worth different amounts. There's no such thing as different varieties of divinity, different varieties of the creator, God forbid. There's one creator, there's one divinity. And every single one of us has an instance of that divinity inside. So every And if that's the most valuable thing about us, that eclipses everything else about us in terms of value, then every single one of us is going to be equally valuable. And when God counts how many of us there are, he's going to count every single one of us equally. Every person is going to be the same equal one unit in this count, regardless of gifts and regardless of talents and regardless of history and regardless of behavior and strengths and weaknesses and everything else. Now, this has a lot to do with, you know, with this week's Torah portion and with its relationship to Shavuos, which is coming up. So, Shavuos is coming up, you know, this coming Monday. And what happened on Shavuos, right? On Shavuos, we celebrate, we commemorate the event at Mount Sinai at Harsinai when God gave us the Torah. Now, There are probably, I would say, two big things about the Torah and about our relationship with Torah and about what happened when God gave us the Torah. One of those things is our relationship with God, right? Every single one of us is divine deep, deep down. But Torah is also divine. The information is divine. The the guidelines, the instructions, the commandments are divine. So when God gave us the Torah on Mount Sinai, He was giving us a whole new way, a whole new means of connecting our inner divinity to the absolute infinity of God, of the creator. So one of the things that happened on Shavuos is we got a new pathway, a new way in which we can connect our own natural innate divinity to the absolute infinity of the creator. And the second thing we got in Torah was guidelines, mitzvahs, commandments by means of which we can uplift the world, integrate divinity into the world, into physical reality, right? Every time we follow the guidelines of the Torah, every time we interact with the world in a way that, you know, that Torah tells us to every mitzvah we do, every act of kindness we do, every word of Torah that we study, every time we do any of those things, we are integrating divinity into the world. And so these are the two big things that Torah has given us, you know, gave us. The two big things that changed on Mount Sinai is our ability or opportunity to connect to the absolute, you know, infinity and divinity of the creator. And number two, our ability and opportunity to integrate God, to integrate infinity, to integrate divinity into the world through our actions and through the way we behave and live our lives. Now, you know, as far as both of these things are concerned, everything we said earlier is true, right? Our innate connection to the creator that we have by virtue of who we are is identical because our connection to the creator is not first and foremost, our innate divinity that we have that makes us connected by birth, by, by, by virtue of having been created, has nothing to do with our gifts or our talents or even our behavior. It has to do with who we are. It has to do with the fact that every one of us has a spark of God inside. And so each of us is the same, as far as that's concerned. Our connection to God, our intrinsic innate connection to the Creator is equal. For every single one of us. None of us is any more or less innately connected to the Creator. And so as far as Shavuos is concerned, as far as the Torah is concerned, in terms of being a means of connecting our innate divinity, connecting who we are to the absolute infinity of the Creator, we're all the same. The value of... You know, connecting that inner divinity to the creator, to God directly through Torah is the same for each of us because that inner divinity that we have is the same. So in preparation, in the lead up to the giving of the Torah on the way out of Egypt, God counted us and God counted each of us same equal count, one count per individual because the counting was in preparation to receiving the Torah. We were counted to express how valuable we are as the, you know, as, as individuals who have innate divinity, which is why we were given the Torah as an opportunity to connect that innate divinity to God directly through Torah. So it, when we're counted in terms of that value and in the context of, of the giving of the Torah, we're each going to be counted the same. And that's part of the reason we read this week's Torah portion, midbar right before Shavuot, the giving of the Torah, to remind us of that. Because this is something that is so, so, so important to remember and to be aware of, especially as we approach Shavuos and as especially as we approach, you know, this day on which we're going to commemorate receiving the Torah from God, right? The book of Bamidbar is called the book of Numbers or the book of counting because, you know, this week's Torah portion, which is the first Torah portion in the book opens up with God counting us and counting every single one of us, the same equal one unit, one count per person. Gifts, talents, behaviors, actions, none of that makes any of us counted as more than one. There's no 1.2, there's no 2, there's no 3. And there's no 0.8 or 0.5 or half or quarter. Every single one of us is the same one count. Because as we approach Shavuos to receive the Torah, to connect our inner divinity to God through Torah, every single one of us has the same innate divinity. And therefore the value, every single one of us has the same innate value and the value of our opportunity to connect to God through Torah that we received on Shavuos is exactly the same. And so everyone is counted exactly the same, one unit, one count per person. And the second part of our of, of Torah and of our relationship with Torah and that you know the function of Torah in terms of our relationship with, with, with the world, with our environment, with the universe and with God is that Torah is an opportunity to uplift the world and to integrate divinity into the world by following the guidelines and commandments of Torah by living life the way that Torah tells us to do that and every single one of us has an has equal right to do that every single one of us is equally you know is has has equal right to that opportunity and every single one of us is equally important in terms of the bigger picture of integrating divinity into the world now in terms of the specifics yes it's true some of us you know some of us are capable of doing more you know in the measurable sense in terms of you know how much Torah we can study, how many people we're able to help, how you know gifted we are in terms of helping people, organizing, how predisposed we are to you know to doing the right things, how difficult it is for us to do and to follow the guidelines of the Torah. Now you know there's always an element of choice there but in terms of all these things we are all different. Right, and if you want to measure how much can someone do in terms of the measurable difference that we can assess to make a difference in the world, th- there's going to be a huge range of difference in terms of how much we can do. But those are the specifics and the varieties. But ultimately, in terms of what every one of us you know, can do and is supposed to do, In the context of of my purpose and the meaning of my life and my mission, I have to do everything that I'm capable of doing. And in the context of your purpose and your meaning and your mission, you have to do everything that you're capable of doing. You know, and, and you might be more capable than me in some things. I might be more capable than you in other things. You might be more capable than me in everything. So in terms of the measurable difference we can make, there might be differences but ultimately i am here to make the difference that i can make and you are here to make the difference that you can make and god put each of us here to make the difference we can make and god you know gave me everything i need to make the difference i can make and gave you everything you need to make the difference you can make and gave every one of us exactly what we need to make the difference each of us is supposed to make So ultimately, every one of us is able to make the difference we are supposed to make. Which means that ultimately in the bigger picture, every single one of us is equally valuable in terms of that because every one of us is able to do what we're supposed to do. The specifics are very different. But every one of us needs to be here. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. And every one of us is able to do exactly what we're supposed to do. And if any of us wasn't important, we wouldn't be here. So, in terms of Torah, as you know, as as guidelines in giving us the mitzvahs and the means to bring the infinite light of the Creator into the world and to integrate it into the world through our behaviors and our actions, as different as the specifics are, each of us has exactly the same right to engage in that in that uplifting of the world and every single one of us has exactly an equally important and valuable ability to do what we're supposed to do in terms of integrating divinity into the world and that's why this week this shabbos in preparation for shavuos which is number one a commemoration of receiving the torah the first time you know and and when we celebrate things and commemorate things it's not just you know a a symbolic commemoration of something that happened it's real it's alive again and the same way that our relationship with god went into a whole new category went to a whole new level when we received the torah when we approach shavuos this year and when shavuos comes and we read the ten commandments and we listen to them and we, we commemorate what happened on Shavuos. We commemorate the giving of the Torah. We are taking our relationship and connection with the Creator up to a whole new level. And in preparation of that, so that we have a, a healthy perspective of all the context around that, when we go into Shavuos, when we go into the, this, the, the, the festival of the giving of the Torah, which is how we describe it when we go in to shavuos to take our connection to god through torah up to a whole new level we prepare by reading this week's Pasha, by reading about the fact that we were all counted and every single one of us was counted equal same one unit per person because every one of us has the same innate divinity And the importance and value of connecting our innate divinity to the Creator through Torah is exactly the same for every one of us because every one of us is identically valuable. And the value of each of our opportunities to elevate and uplift the world through the the mitzvahs, the commandments, the guidelines, the opportunities that Torah gives us is equally important insofar as every one of us can do exactly what we're supposed to do, what we need to do, what's needed from us. And every single one of us has the right, the opportunity, the privilege of spending our lives integrating divinity into the world. And the universe, the world, the Jewish people, and the Creator need that from every single one of us, which is why every single one of us is here. And so when we go and receive the Torah, we need to know, and every single one of us needs to know, God gave the Torah to you. And Torah belongs to you. God gave the Torah to you to connect your infinitely valuable innate divinity to the absolute infinity of the Creator through Torah. And you are equally as divine as every single one of us, as every other one of us. You are equally as connected to the Creator innately, intrinsically as every single one of us. You are equally you are equally valuable and you are equally able to elevate, uplift, and integrate exactly what you were supposed to in the world, the same as every single one of us. You are equally as valuable as every one of us. And you are equally as important. We are all equally important. And the reminder of that is when we read this week's Torah portion. And we see that we were all counted as the same one unit. I want to wish you, before tying it all up, that you should merit this Shavuos to receive the Torah deeply deeply. And with joy, this has been the Bites of Judaism podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave a five-star rating and a review to help it reach more people, and tell your friends about it. If you haven't yet, you can subscribe on all the major podcast platforms at RabbiGlick.link/podcast. If you'd like to dedicate a future episode of the podcast, send an email to podcast at RabbiGlick.com. See you next week.